Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition, first of yesterday's news. I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Sunday and Saturday. That's why we call it The Weekend Edition. Um, and today, it's mostly going to be about the Queen, of course. Uh, but, uh, yeah, not the only passing we have to mark. Uh, unfortunately, our former colleague, uh, Willie Lose, also passed away last week. Uh, so we'll remember him at the end of the pod. But, yes, uh, let's sort of take a more or less chronological uh, walk through the weekend of commemorating the Queen. I expect King Charles will have a more difficult time maintaining the monarchy's relevance in a modern world. There are many people who feel an allegiance or a loyalty to or, or a reverence even for the Queen who don't necessarily feel the same for King Charles. There'll be scrutiny, there'll be criticism, there will be conversations about republicanism but without its matriarch the royal family's myriad issues feel somewhat more exposed queen elizabeth ii took the throne when meat was still being rationed in britain in the post-war years she lived to see the impacts of globalization mass digitalization and the rise of new threats to democracy in an increasingly tribal and partisan world she was steady She was a steady, neutral force. She was the steady force. Personally, I admired the Queen's careful restraint. The Queen lived through arguably the greatest period of change the world has ever seen. And in that period of great change, there is no figure on earth who's represented a greater picture of stability. Queen Elizabeth II was the constant. And now... The constant is gone. So, uh, yeah, it's hard to deny that uh, many people who weren't perhaps the biggest royalists in the world were impressed uh, by the Queen. Um, and then there were people who were royalists who were even more impressed by the Queen. Uh, Russell Myers uh, hosts a podcast called Pod Save the Queen, uh, and he joined Jack on Saturday as well. Has anything surprised you about the last 48 hours? I think the you know it's difficult to quantify really because I do you've often wondered what would happen um, when the Queen would sadly pass away. And you think all, all so many different scenarios and how the you know, the machine of the palace and the government would react to the news. Of course, it, we'd we'd seen the Queen very recently on Tuesday where she held that audience with the incoming Prime Minister Liz Truss. Certain uh, discussions uh, that people had had about the, her, how Her Majesty appeared. She, was a, she, she seemed quite bright and smiling, but she did look quite frail. She looked uh, like she'd lost weight and, and she was relying on a, on a stick. Her hands were, were bruised. But again, I think she was 96. Mm. And we had to, uh, had to understand that these were sort of par for the course of a woman of her years. But um, she, she had a packed schedule that day. She was entertaining visitors. She, she met both outgoing and going prime ministers. She had another audience with one of her outgoing communications secretaries. And I think... That um, it was all it was all too much on that day, and uh, and unfortunately she she passed away peacefully. We understand at Balmoral, which is an absolute favoured residence of hers. She loved being in Scotland, and I think it is uh, of, of tremendous solace to mm. her family um, and those who knew her that uh, that she died somewhere where she 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 absolutely adored. How important is the next eight or ten days? in affirming the monarchy's role in the world? 
Well, Prince Charles comes at a, a very particularly difficult time, not only for for the monarchy, but I think you you know you, you look at the the cost of living crisis that is not going on, not only going on in the UK but across the world. It would seem certain uncertainty with war in Europe. Interesting, you referred to him as Prince Charles there, of course. It's hard to change old habits. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what King Charles is going to do about the cost of living crisis or the the war in Europe. But if he can fix those, he will definitely have my vote. Um, But yeah, this was more about the Queen rather than the King, I think. Uh, Let's hear what uh, Francesca had to say about her. You know, she she stood for duty and service, but it's quite lovely to know that she also enjoyed it. My grandparents had the opportunity to experience some of that warmth in 1986 when they had dinner with Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip aboard the Royal Yacht Britannia, berthed in Littleton. They were terribly nervous. Um, There were some very strict instructions to follow and they had to curtsy and things. And my grandfather had suffered a stroke and he didn't have the use of his left hand and he walked with a cane. And the thought of getting up the gangway and having to cut up his own meal really played on my grandparents' minds. But there was no need to worry. Their hosts were well briefed on all their guests. They spoke to them as if they knew them. And my grandfather's dinner was subtly presented in a manner that he could manage with one arm. It didn't take long for them to forget they were dining with the Queen. And I always smiled when my grandmother said that. I thought to myself, how can you forget you're dining with the Queen? But that's how they made them feel. While no one would have forgiven the Queen for quietly retiring when her rock, Prince Philip, passed away last year, duty and her love of the job kept her working up to her dying day. Remarkable indeed. Obviously people are quite um, dumbfounded by the uh, death of the Queen because I think Francesca meant nobody would blame the Queen for retiring. They're not. No one would have forgiven the Queen for retiring uh, when her husband died. But yeah, anyway, um, we know what she meant. Um, <coughs> now, uh, so uh, other uh, royalists here in New Zealand, uh, there's whole societies. Oh yeah. So what was today about? Was it about legal stuff or ceremonial stuff? Well, um, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, legally speaking, when the previous queen passed away, her powers and responsibilities immediately transferred to her son, now King Charles, um, and really nothing more had to be done in a, in a legal technical sense. But from the human perspective, you know, from, from all of us who, who remember the queen and, and are looking forward and, and saying, okay, what is, what is Charles's reign going to be like? It's useful to have a, a moment where we can say, this is when it started. This, was, this is really, we're acknowledging a transition from one era to the next. And that's what today was mostly about. Um, the accession here was acknowledging that the Queen has passed away and that we have a new King and that we're moving forward in a constitutional sense, that way. And um, the flags to full mast thing seems sort of strange. I mean, it's understood because it's the day that we, um, the formerly um, Charles becomes king. But can you explain a bit more about that, the half-mast and full-mast for a day? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, So it's not uncommon when when world leaders pass away for flags to be lowered to to a half-mast. What's... What's happening here is when we put the flags up again is just a brief acknowledgement 
that we still have a monarch. Mm. We, you know, it's, it's a different monarch, but we still have that monarch. And we are acknowledging that he's going to do everything he can to live up to his, his mother's efforts yeah. and, um, and that we continue on. But we're going to lower them again until the funeral as a sign of respect, really. So that's uh, Dr. Sean Palmer from Monarchy New Zealand explaining about flags. Yeah, it's hard to make sense of any of this stuff, isn't it? Uh, very hard to uh, come to grips with the fact that former colleague of ours, Willie Lose, uh, died in South Africa last week as well. Um, here is somebody who worked with him uh, pretty closely over the years, Ken Laban. Can you remember, first of all, when you first met uh, Willie Lose? We were standing in a tunnel at Eden Park. Uh, my lawyer, Lele, thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to sp- uh, say some words on behalf of uh, Willie. Um, the New Zealand parliamentary team with Trevor Mallard, Andy Hayden as the guest player, uh, Bill English, uh, and I was out there somewhere, not sure. And um, we went out to warm up and it was raining. And I thought, well, I don't mind accepting the invitation to play, but I'm not warming up in the rain. <laughs> so I decided to stay. And Dawson and Willie lost there, were standing at the... Um, at the entrance, he was there to uh, call the main game, Auckland NPC, for uh, for radio. And we had a conversation that day. Uh, and I said to him that, you know, um, as the volume and body of work at Sky Sport is increasing every year, that um, you should make yourself available and um, make it known that you, that you want to have a go. So that must be nearly 15 years ago. And I think he had a conversation with uh, Andrew Fife, who was the then executive uh, producer in charge of Sky Sport and Kevin Cameron who was overall in charge of um, Sky and his um, television broadcasting career began at that point so uh, first 15, FPC, NPC uh, and then Super Rugby, Pacific Nation uh, tests and then the opportunity to get involved with, um, with the HSBC World 7 Series circuit where he's been a mainstay um, for a long time. A larger-than-life character, uh, elegant dresser, eloquent speaker, and enormously entertaining. He certainly was large. Um, I worked with Willie quite a bit. He used to actually do mid-dawns, and I used to come in and um, he'd be in the studio hosting. And um, then he'd be straight off to the gym, the teacher Les Mills class. He's a very fit guy. A very uh, powerfully built, scary, fit guy. <laughs> um, and he's right about him being a snappy dresser as well. He had some crazy outfits. Uh, I am Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been used all ZB. Um, with any luck, we'll have something uh, happier to talk about uh, tomorrow, mate. See you then.